Welcome to Sportsman of Colorado, Colorado's premier outdoor radio show heard every Saturday afternoon on KLZ 560 with insights on hunting, fishing, archery, guns, and ammo from Colorado's top outfitters featuring the industry's leading experts on how to enhance your experience in the great outdoors. Now, here's your host, Scott Watley. Welcome to Sportsman of Colorado. Thank you so much for joining us. We are glad you are with us. Hope everyone is enjoying your weekend so far. Well, a few weeks back, um, several weeks back, we had the Grand Hyatt and Vail on our show. And they also have a partnership with Vail Valley Anglers. And so when you uh, book a room there, uh, you can get a chance to get 20% off of a fly fishing trip with Vail Valley Anglers. And so, Brett... How are you, sir? I'm well, Scott. Thank you for having me. Uh, you bet. Day today. You bet. Absolutely, man. We are looking forward to this and looking forward to come down to fishing with you. But uh, first of all, let's just talk a little bit about um, the store a little bit, and then we'll kind of get into uh, this partnership with the uh, Vail Valley Hyatt here. Or, I'm sorry, Grand Hyatt Vail. Yeah. Uh, we've, we've, we're located in Edwards, Colorado. Been a fly fishing store in that location since '94. And Vail Valley Anglers has had uh, residents there since 2012. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And, and you guys, I mean, I've heard of you forever. So, uh, great reputation there. So, now we've got um, the way we talked about it last week on the show was the resort, you know, uh, has this new fly fishing offering this summer and fall, as I mentioned, um, with you guys. And um, one part I'll just mention that we talked about last week, they introduced a, a weekly cocktails and casting event each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. And guests can enjoy beverages over casting tips and tricks from the pros at Vail Valley Anglers at the resort right along the banks of the Gore Creek. And this provides a great opportunity for guests to meet the local anglers and ask questions about fishing in the area waterways and they have partnered with Vail Valley Anglers to extend guests of Grand Hyatt Vail 20% off of their four-hour fly fishing excursion uh, to make it easier for the guests to experience the extraordinary fishing there in the valley and uh, folks at the uh, Hyatt just need to get with the concierge and they'll get fixed up. So uh, tell us what folks can expect, Brett. Yep. The uh, gold, We're blessed to have Gore Creek run through our valley. It's a gold medal fishery mm-hmm. which means it, X amount of fish per river mile and X amount of fish over 20 inches within that river mile. So it's, it, we're really truly blessed to have that. And the Grand Hyatt is situated on that creek and it, it makes for a great partnership the cocktails and casting, we send uh, one of our professional guides down there, gives them a little taste uh, of casting, what they can expect, and answer any questions they may have in regards to what's fly, what is fly fishing. First of all, people don't know <laughs> the difference between that and spin fishing. Uh, get a little taste of casting so they're not totally unfamiliar if they do decide to book a trip and just really enjoy the environment around there and, and understand why the Gold, uh, Gore Creek is gold medal water. Sure. Now, with this particular deal, and I know you offer other trips, which we'll talk about in a, a separate interview, but is this particular trip um, one like a, a waiting type one, or are there some different, can they book any of your type trips uh, through this partnership? Yep, they're welcome to book any of our trips. This one in particular is a four-hour fly fishing excursion, particularly a wade trip. Uh, we have made exceptions, but uh, it is a way trip, four hours. Okay. Four hours is a great uh, amount of time for a taste of fly fishing to gain some skill and then really decide, you know, I, I believe they're going to like it, but 
whether or not they like it and can carry on their skills and interests from there. Sure. So what are kind of the main, if you say, hey, two or three things you just got to do, I guess listen to you would be number one <laughs> for the beginners yeah. out there. But, I mean, uh, how do you help beginners when, I mean, they have never done it at all? Well, we have a saying, uh, you're a beginner, good, you have no mistakes, no bad habits. So that helps. <laughs> um, you know, just relax and have fun. Uh, they're going to hear a word mend quite a bit. And that's basically when you, you're reading the current and either changing your line upstream or downstream to get that presentation perfect. And then, um, you know, a lot of people teach with a 10 to 12 on the clock. And so you don't overextend your wrist or bend your wrist and cast. It's just a nice, easy motion up, a nice, easy motion down. Hmm. Wow, that's great. Again, Brett Elkman is with us. He's a sales manager and guide coordinator for Vail Valley Anglers. You can check out their website, valevalleyanglers.com. But for this particular thing we're talking about here with the Grand Hyatt Vail, you need to call the hotel and uh, get this booked. It is 970-476-1234. And uh, it is the grandhyattvail.com is their website. But again, just this is going to be a great thing, and I'll be going all through the fall as well. But Brett, you were telling me earlier your schedule is is pretty pretty packed, so folks need to get in and uh, get the reservation now, don't they? That's correct. If they have any interest in doing the package, they'll sign up with the hotel. They'll get all the information from them, and they'll direct them to us. I always encourage the hotel. I believe there's something on their on their information to call us as soon as possible. We have been selling out three weeks in advance. We'll do our best to accommodate their guests uh, as we, we enjoy their guests, their partnership, and we want to make their experience great. So the sooner they can call, even if it's just to ask questions to help them you know, decide and, and get their reservation, we do have a 72-hour cancellation policy. So if anything were to go wrong, they're covered. Okay. Now, just a couple of Q&As, I guess, here. Um uh, what do they? What do you provide? I guess, and then what? What would a person need to bring that wants to do this trip with you? Yep, great question. Uh, we provide rod, reel, waders, boots, guide, tra- uh, beverages, transportation, flies. The only thing they would need in regards to going out on the trip would be a fishing license and gratuity for the guide at their discretion. Um, I always suggest they bring hats, sunglasses, light raincoat. And sure. I'm a shorts and flip-flop kind of guy, so bring a pair of socks if you wear that. Yeah, I know what you mean. Me too, yeah. <laughs> and also, and always, I mean, you mentioned tipping, and I was going to say right now, I mean, you know, man, you know, yes, uh, your guys will make a little bit of wage, but you know what? Hey, they, let's just be honest. A tip is always great. And, um, you know, and this is just me saying this, but I'm, I'm a, at least a 20% guy when it comes to tipping in the outdoors and all. And then, hey, if they go over and above that, do that. But uh, I'm telling you, they, they will be working hard for you to help make your four hours uh, very enjoyable. And so make sure and take care of your guides for sure. Now, what about children? What about somebody who wants to bring in their, their child with them what's kind of an age range or whatever our general cutoff is eight years old okay Um, just safety wise and going in the river we've made exceptions of course we want everyone to be able to enjoy it but with attention span and the safety getting in the water we found that eight years old tends to be a good age all right 
Once again, this is a tremendous partnership. You're going to stay at an amazing place at the Grand Hyatt Vale, and uh, then you'll get to go out and do a little fly fishing. And once again, if you've caught just part of this interview, uh, their cocktails and casting event is every Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m., where you'll get to um, catch some tips and tricks from the pros at Vale Valley Anglers and uh, get to meet them and then get your trip all set up. And uh, they are offering 20% off of their four-hour fly fishing excursion and uh, just get with the concierge there at the hotel and um, and if you want to um, figure out some other kind of trip I know Brett and them they will work it out with you but call the Grand Hyatt Vale at 970-476-1234 and uh, let them know you heard about them here on Sportsman of Colorado and they will get you fixed up and Brett I'm sure in the last couple minutes here but I'm sure man you just see all kinds of people that come out and probably some people that um you know like they've never done it before all the way to the other end where you get the guy that probably doesn't listen as well but thinks he's really good at it <laughs> yes we, we've we've run the gamut on all kinds of skill levels um a lot of times people oversell their skills but that's fine we, we qualify yeah. every client the guides will give them a little lesson see where they stand and hopefully and uh they leave with a better experience a little bit more skill but we do enjoy everyone from the beginner to the experienced fisherman. Sure. Why do women do so much better fishing? I mean, they catch, man. It seems like we fish, they catch. <laughs> you you are correct. Uh, I always attribute it to no ego, first of all, yeah. and, and just the finesse of a woman. Hmm. That's so interesting. No, no overpowering, no muscling the cast. Yeah. It's just it works out better. Oh, they do great. Well, man, hey, thanks for doing this with the Grand Hyatt Vale. And uh, Kevin and I, my co-host here, we're certainly looking forward to coming down there and fishing with you guys as well. And uh, But, man, we appreciate it and look forward to getting down with you. And thanks for your time today. You're welcome, Scott. We look forward to having you as well. All right. Once again, that is Brett Elkman, and he's a sales manager and guide coordinator there. And uh, if you'd like to reach Brett and ask him any questions, feel free to do that at 970-926-0900. And they are located at 97 Main Street there in Edwards. You're listening to Sportsman Colorado. we got to take a quick break, and we'll be back with more right after this. At Flash and Beck Law, your attorney sets you at ease from the first meeting so you have the space to think clearly. After an injury, you immediately start worrying about how you will afford the healing process. You start thinking about insurance deductibles, physical therapy appointments, vehicle repairs, and how to pay for rent in the meantime. Listening to one calm, qualified voice throughout the process will help you think rationally instead of making decisions based on anxiety. Call Flesh and Beck Law for a free, no-obligation consultation, and you will talk to a lawyer right away, not some legal assistant who just wants to find out how much money your case might be worth. Then, once you and your attorney both decide to move forward with your case, you will continue working with that attorney the whole time. The same person who meets you for a consultation will also sit beside you in court. Eliminate the fear of the unknown. Call Flesh and Beck Law at 303-806-8886. Now's the time to get into the outdoorsman's attic. Hey, this is Scott Watley, and you've heard me say many times, this is one of my favorite stores. The Outdoorsman's Attic's selection is incredible right now for all of your camping, hunting, and fishing needs. Just a few items to mention, all backpacks are 10% off, sleeping bags 20%, 
and Sitka gear, 40% off of retail. They also have great deals on firearms and also tons of fishing gear down in the basement. And if your firearms need a little work or cleaning, see Scott the gunsmith and tell him we sent you. It's the Outdoorsman's Attic. It's Colorado's premier outdoor consignment store for the outdoors. They're located at 2650 West Hamden. Tell them Scott sent you. Rush to Reason with John Rush. Weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560. Welcome back to Sportsman Colorado again. Thank you so much for being with us. Just a reminder now, if you miss our live show here on Saturdays from 1 to 2, you can catch us twice on Sundays, and that's from 8 to 9 a.m. And once again in the evening from 7 to 8 p.m. right here on KLZ 560. Well, it's always good to have my good friends, the Alcazars, in studio. And uh, Sergio Alcazar is here, and uh, his wife, Jill, and Chloe. But they are not talking today. What happened, Sergio? No, I'm kidding. They always come. They want to see <laughs> yeah. you, Scott. Uh, no, no. I, it's always great to have them in here. It smells better in here when they're in here, too. You know, Absolutely. Than just me and you sitting here, right? Hey, good deal. Absolutely. No, I is, agree. It is great to see you guys. Thank you. Well, man, it's our favorite time of the year here when fall hits, and uh, we both got to kick it off with a little dove hunting. And so, uh, man, I wanted to talk about that because, you know, a year or two ago, you told me about the Mojo products and all that. But uh, first of all, how was your opening morning? It was very good. It was very good. Um, I always go you know, to the eastern part of Colorado, and uh, for the most part, opening morning, is, there are always a lot of birds mm-hmm. in there, and of course, you have some more competition around in some fields, etc., so sure. that's one of the things I, I always tell people, you know, if you have some modules in there, you know, a little extra, uh, the birds normally, you know, you might be stealing some birds from the neighbors or something. <laughs> so it always helps. So it was a really good opening day. How was yours? Yeah, mine was great too. Yeah, we were in Sedalia and, uh, yeah, it took about an hour and 15 minutes, you know, uh, of course, if I'd have hit them all, it would have taken about 10 minutes, but <laughs> I don't know how many, how many boxes of shells do you normally go through to get your limit? <laughs> You're supposed to use only one or less, right? <laughs> okay. But you know, that's, that's a uh, wishful thinking. Right? I tell you when you haven't shot you know, and, and how do you practice for dove, really? Because, son, I'm telling you, those suckers are fast. Fast and, and small. Dart every which way, and it is a lot of fun. But, uh, you know, dove hunting is really cool. So let's talk about, you got the uh, Mojo products, and there was one that, uh, when I came over and saw you at Cabela's, I mean, that was really small. Let's talk about the, the wing, the action one, and then we'll talk about the little small ones that can sit on the ground, too. Absolutely. So... I like to use a combination of uh, different products of Mojo. Uh, there is the Elite Series, the, the Dob decoy that we, all, that we all know with the spinning wings. Mm-hmm. And um, they, uh, it only uses four AA batteries and the batteries last forever. I've yeah. been using actually the same set of batteries all season and I've gone out like, you know, probably like six times, you know, an average four or five hours. Okay. So I like to set that one up uh, in a place obviously that is visible. And then they have this product that uh, it's probably been only around maybe two years or so, maybe three, I think it's about two years. They are called flickers. And you actually set those in the, on the ground and uh, they basically flick. They have like a little wing on top, uh, maybe about five inches. And one side is white, the other one is dark. And it just flicks and stops and flicks and stops at different times. So if you set you know, those flickers about 10, 15 yards from the actual uh, dove motion decoy, mm-hmm. um, it really gives the impression that there is a flock of doves, you know, uh, playing around on the ground and, and flying and landing and things like that, especially because they flick around. Uh, it is always most effective to use modules when you have a sunny day. 
right. because that white really, I mean, sure. it could, I mean, they can see that. Uh, I was reading a study that Mojo did, and even docks, you know, because you can use them for docks, and they have the docks as well, uh, up to like a couple of miles on a sunny day, they can see wow. that, little, that little flickering. So it really, really helps to bring them in. And I just found that the combination of those two, it's it really works very well. I mean, you you use them, right? You yeah. use the the, yeah, the, I the use doves. The doves, yeah, yeah. I did not try the flickers yet, but I need to. Oh, I'm going to grab some of those for next year. Yeah. And what's your experience with the doves? Oh, dude, they came right into them. I mean, and you could tell if you had not have had them the way they were flying, you could tell it got their attention and the way they circle back. Yeah. So I, mean, no, I was extremely happy with them. So how do you set up? So were you hunting near water? Uh, I have Most done time? both okay. this season, but uh, if I'm hunting uh, near water, like I've done the last couple of times, uh, normally around water, especially in eastern Colorado, I mean, there's hardly any brush or anything, so it works even better because I normally set the, uh, the dove decoy uh, probably about 25, 30 yards from my position where okay. I want the birds to come in and land. Uh, or decoy in, I would say. Right. And then I, I set uh, the flickers, either one set, each set has four, so you can get four or, or two. And I normally set them around 10, 15 yards around the, the dove decoy. Okay. So I basically have like, you know, an area of almost like 30 yards, you know, that has little flickers and, and uh, catches their attention. And you've probably seen it. I mean, if they decoy really well for the most mm -hmm. part. And a lot of times, I mean, if you don't shoot them, they land right there. <laughs> they, they just want to land right there yeah. next to it. So sometimes if you're not paying attention, you get a whole flock and before you know it, it's like right there, you know, on, on the ground. So sure. it works well. So that's my strategy. Um, if I'm hunting, like for example, on opening day, I was, I was hunting, uh, I always like, there's a little uh, trick that I always use. Where I hunt, there are a lot of trees, a lot of green trees, and obviously they like that. There is feed across the road, but I pick a spot that actually has a dead tree, and dobs love, love dead trees. Dead trees. Yeah. So when I got there to my spot, actually there was uh, one guest uh, from the landowner. They, they arrived there before me, and they went straight to the trees where it's all green and everything, and my spot was there. A lot of people don't know about it. So I just went there, set up next to the dead tree, and as you know, they love those mm -hmm. dead trees. It's almost like a decoy, right? No, I mean, it they is. Love they love those open limbs. Taking a little in. break in there. so. I just set my, uh, my mojo next to that, um, and in that place, the, the grass was probably about, you know, one foot tall or something. Mm -hmm. So I just, uh, you know, step on some grass and put the flickers, and of course, they are not as effective when there is grass because you cannot see them, but if you think about it, the dobs are coming from, you know, up high, sure. so they still see flickering in there. So that's what I would do, just clean the ground a little bit, or if there's like a piece of wood, I'll put one on the top of the wood, or mm -hmm. sometimes if there's like... Uh, uh, cow poop or something, you know, I use that to put them on top and <laughs> right. that gives them a little extra extra height. So that's what I do normally. Okay, cool. Once again, Sergio Alcazar is our guest. ALC Global Adventures, which we'll talk about here in a few minutes. But um, again, if you'd like to um, get with Sergio as we go through these things, and uh, he is also at Cabela's quite a bit in Lone Tree and uh, does some seminars there as well. But his number is 303-921-3055. So how many of the, um, of the motion dove decoys do you use, usually set out? I personally, my setup is, is one, one, one or two okay. of, the, of the dove wing decoys, and I like to use one or two sets of the flickers. Okay. Um, each set has four. Right. So, but 
I mean, some, sometimes I just use the one and four flickers, and that's really enough. Right. Uh, but, you know, if you're hunting with a friend or something like that, it's always mm -hmm. nice to, you know, maybe put your friend about, you know, 50 yards apart and then put another set over there. Right. So, I mean, the more motion and, uh, and, and attraction you have, it's not going to hurt you. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the way I see it. I mean, you hunt with a couple, right? I mean, you put two or three. Yeah, I put three, yeah. Because well, I had a couple of guys. Yeah, Red and, you know, another buddy was out there. And so we kind of spread them out probably – 40, 40, 50 yards apart, like you say, and just kind of staggered them, you know, and man, every which way they were coming. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. And um, I also brought a new product that they just sent to me that uh, I think it's something that we all should use. It's a, it's a Mojo pocket pick stick. So it comes in a, in a, in a very, very compact little, little bag. So it barely weights anything. So you can put it in your backpack or whatever. And once you're done with your hunt, you know, the, you take the stick out, it gets to, you know goes back together it's about it's probably about uh, four or five feet long and it's a magnet so with that you can pick up all your shells oh okay and um i find it super useful because i mean it picks up shells in the mud in the water in the snow oh really um, and a lot of times you know especially in eastern colorado i mean your shells you know fly sure, around in sure. places that maybe you don't want to put your hand in there yeah, rattlesnakes or whatever <laughs> and more than anything else i'm a believer that we all should leave the the, the field better exactly. than we found it and yeah. How many times have you arrived to a place yeah. and there is like shells from like the, the guy that shot, you know hunted there the day before mm -hmm. and they just leave 20, 30 shells in there? I know. And the landowners do not like that. No. And that's what's ruined it for a, why a lot of people don't let people because they did not take care of things. They do that. So and that's, that's something that allows you to keep the field clean mm -hmm. and makes the landowners happy. I showed it to my landowner and he was all excited. And like always, I was picking up shells from like maybe the year before from other guys or <laughs> shells from the week before someone else left. So right. that's another really good product that they have mm -hmm. that uh, I've been using now. What's your favorite ammo for Dove? Uh, I actually use nine, shot number nine. Oh, okay. Uh, I always use a, a 20 gauge because I love the 20 gauge. That's mm -hmm. my favorite uh, shotgun gauge. And number nines or eights are what I like the most. Right. Yeah. Right. I don't yeah. know. What about you? Um, probably eights. Yeah. Eights. Yeah, yeah. Most of the time. Yeah. If I know I'm going to be shooting a little bit longer range, I may go to seven and a half. You know, if I know where. Like say we've got a spot out there where there is a dead tree that comes around. We're yeah. maybe 40, 50 yards out there, or 60 maybe. And so, man, I try to get out there and get that seven and a half. And but leading them, man, is so. Sometimes you just think, okay, I'm really going to lead this, and you know, mm -hmm. 10 feet, and then you get it, and you're like, wow, because they are so fast. They are very fast. Yes. Yeah, it is a lot. And uh, and sometimes I don't know. Did you guys uh, shoot any of the Eurasian doves? No, as well? there was there wasn't any out there that day. Yeah. But there are quite a few in that area. Because yeah, sure. those, I was going to say, they decoy really well with those modules. Uh, yeah. This last spot that I hunted uh, on Wednesday morning, there are a few Eurasians in there. And, my God, they were just coming in just like wild pigeons, but literally like <laughs> almost like ducks. They were just perfect. Really? You know, they were coming in. So wow. they love just those, uh, uh, the motion and the, you know, the flickering. Yeah. Right, right. Any dove recipes you like? Basically, uh, actually one, uh, in Argentina, you know, I hunt down in Argentina quite a bit, and one time my, my guide and outfitter made some uh, uh, patridge this way, and he said, try it with dove. Super simple, just, just take the breasts, like we always do, and in a saucepan, uh, butter and olive oil. Put that in there, once it's really warm, you literally just throw the breasts in there, and then some peppercorns, and that's it. As simple as that, and it's delicious. Really? It's super easy. Yeah. And, and uh, I give that recipe to a few of my uh, friends, 
and even for teal and ducks and all that and it's oh. it's delicious and it takes what like literally five minutes to make probably <laughs> and uh that's probably one of the best recipes i have for breast of, of the dogs and the doves wow yeah well, that's cool once again sergio alcazar is with us his number 303-921-3055 we're gonna take a short break when we come back we are going to talk a little bit about um our recent hunt we were over with our good friend qrs outdoor specialties and quentin smith and a pretty exciting bear hunting story Sergio has for us. So you're listening to Sportsman of Colorado. We'll be right back. Hey, Dan. You know, our jobs are pretty different. I'm a baseball announcer. You're an attorney and a talk show host. Yeah, but we do have something in common. Really? What's that? Our favorite car dealer, Len Lyle Chevrolet. Yeah, definitely not your typical dealership. That's so true, Jack. No high-pressure sales tactics. They respect your time. And when you have two jobs, that's important. You know, I'd recommend Len Lyle Chevrolet to anyone. And with their low overhead, that means lower, lower prices. prices. Yeah, we really do have something in common. Len Lyle Chevrolet. Go east and pay the least chevy find new roads for over eight years you've been hearing me talk about phoenix weaponry and berthard hey this is scott watley your host of sportsman of colorado here once again to tell you why phoenix weaponry should be your choice to build your new custom firearm phoenix weaponry is a custom firearms manufacturer with a combined experience of over 45 years the phoenix family can master even the most unique idea phoenix weaponry manufactures of precision custom parts for ars and bills custom precision rifles as well as a full line of pistol shotgun and rifle suppressors whether you're an experienced connoisseur or a new enthusiast let Phoenix Weaponry build you a dream rifle or a range blaster. Phoenix Weaponry is your one-stop shop for all of your firearm needs. Owner Aaron Casey says our attention to detail and one-on-one -on -one customer service sets us apart from our competition. Do it yourself or complete bills at Phoenix Weaponry. They're there to help you build your dream gun. Call them today, 720-340-2496. If you can dream it, Phoenix Weaponry can build it. 720-340-2496 or check them out at phoenixweaponry.com. Rush to Reason with John Rush. Weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560. Welcome back to Sportsman of Colorado. Again, thank you so much for being with us. Hope you're having a great day. Sergio Alcazar is in studio. ALC Global Adventures is his company, 303-921-3055. All right, Sergio, Sergio and I, uh, recently we were over in um, the Meeker area with our good friend Quentin Smith and Jordy and QRS Outdoor Specialties. And, um, Sergio, we were both hunting a bear. And, man so happy for you it was the last day wasn't it you were going to be there on the sixth day yes on that the is sixth correct. day yes. all right so um let's just kind of first of all about qrs a little bit um you represent them of course with alc global adventures as well and, and had clients there as well so uh kind of give just an overview of what they offer yeah you introduced me to them uh a few years ago and as always it was a, a great uh, introduction because uh, you check your your people before mm -hmm. and um, I've been sending clients to uh, Quinton and Jordy uh, to the Meeker area uh, for bear and for elk they also have great mule deer hunting as well and uh, it is a beautiful private ranch and I think they actually have two private ranches you know just right. one one next to each other so they have thousands and thousands of acres 
the lodge is, is, is beautiful right there in the middle of the ranch, uh, and it's only about 15 minutes from the city of mm -hmm. Meeker, so it's very, very convenient. But you're in the middle of nowhere, and they have beautiful canyons and alfalfa fields, and uh, a lot of their elk hunters, they actually get to hunt elk out of blinds, which is very unusual for, right. for, for most outfitters. Um, but they have basically everything from archery to muzzle loader to rifle to, to late season cow hunts. Mm -hmm. And my clients have been very, very happy. Um, I have become also a client of them as well. Um, and I made it now like an annual trip to go and uh, go bear hunting there at the beginning of September. And that's when you and I were hunting this year. The season starts at the beginning of September. So we normally hunt there for five days or so. And Last year, I took my daughter, and uh, we saw quite a bit of bears. I, I mean, know, we, man. we saw I a lot of bears. Y'all were in our, like a bear sanctuary. It was like, uh, yeah, uh, it was unbelievable. And that was great because, uh, you know, my daughter has never seen a, you know, a bear in the wild. Right. Um, you know, so it was a great experience. She got to film them. And, you know, we ended up with a very nice uh, black bear with, like, a brownish color, which is what I was looking for. Sure. You also shot a nice bear just, right, like, a right. few days after we left right. as well. So we decided to, I decided to go back. This year my daughter couldn't go uh, because she had commitments with, with college and things like that. So I went back there and met you and we had a, I had a client from Mexico as well go there and uh, we had a great time. I mean, we mm -hmm. saw elk, the elk were starting to bugle a little bit. Right. Uh, we had some good meals and it was great to have you there with me. So it was no, a good experience to, yeah, to see you there first. Yeah, so I recommend QRS for sure. Right, and uh, most of our activity is in the evening. So uh, most of our evening hunts and uh but your last day uh kind of take us through uh the story of when you were able to take your bear absolutely so the first uh five days were um there was not a lot of bear activity at the time i mean we were getting uh, pictures of bears at night or we were getting a trail camera at 10 in the morning and we were there at 11 you know mm -hmm. it was like a cat and mouse type thing because the ranch has a lot of bears sure. a lot of a lot of uh a lot of sign and and everything so it was just question of time uh, so finally, I, I decided to stay an extra day, and uh, we hunted in the, mainly in the afternoon, as we always do. Normally, we have a very good breakfast, and they will take us to the blind somewhere between noon and 3.30 in the afternoon, depending on the place you were hunting. So they had seen a little bit of a sign from a good bear uh, in this area that I haven't hunted this, this specific week. So they took me there probably about, I would say about 3.45 or so, 3.30. And uh, we walked to the spot, and they set me up in a, in a place where I was up in a hill, uh, maybe about uh, 100 yards up the hill in a steep hill, very thick area that I could overlook down towards a very, very th thin road in there and a little opening, and that's where we were thinking that we're going to see, you know, the mm -hmm. bear come in. That's where the tracks were, et cetera. So probably I, I probably spent about... 25 minutes, you know, shooting, uh, cutting uh, shooting lanes and setting my tripod correctly, you know, to get the shot downhill about right. 70, 75 to 100 yards. You know, once I was set up, um, uh, I was next to a big tree and I brought a, a very, very uh, low profile chair, one that I use for turkey hunting, so mm -hmm. I could sit there comfortable, set up my, uh, my tripod and everything. I sat in there almost down to the ground and you know, just, it's about 4 o'clock by then, <laughs> 4.15, so still early, right? I started to hear some bugling, so that was kind of cool. And it's one of those things, you know, behind me, I kept, I heard like, you know, little noises, you know. Could be squirrels, I mean, you know, whatever, but catch my attention a little bit. 
But I would say I wasn't even there for like 10 minutes, 12 minutes, I think actually it was, to be accurate. And suddenly I heard a little bit more of a noise, and there was something that I felt something. You know how you feel like sure. something is behind me? And, I and, I, and then I hear like a little grunt or something, and then I turn around, and I see a bear staring at me, what turned out to be about nine yards away in the same trail that my chair was. I mean, he was, he was, so he, kind of a game was trail was right, coming, coming down, right yeah. through me. Yeah. But I mean, I think we both were shocked, the bear <laughs> and I, because we, we actually, I remember almost like, like having eye contact with the bear for a second. But it was so close that my instant, my instinct was I had my rifle right on my legs, you know, thank right. God. So as soon as I saw that bear so close, I just jumped out of the chair, literally stood up and point my rifle at him, aim my rifle, right? Because, I mean, that's instinct. It's like self-defense. Sure. As soon as that bear saw me do that, he took a step forward and stood up. And I was like, okay, that's it. Wow. So I just, as fast as I could, you know, I had my scope in three power, which is a good thing right. to have. It was sure. very thick. I just put a shot, which what I thought it was like towards the chest, you know, just literally to just get him out of my face. And as soon as I shot, that bear made this noise, you know, and like grunted. And almost like I saw him, like almost like crunched and like moved to the side. And I was just spraying. I, I caught my, uh, <laughs> I, I put a new bullet in there right away. And uh, I was just praying for God that that bear wasn't going to come my way. <laughs> Instead, he started like running towards the side. And I couldn't see it because it was so thick in there. Right. And I just heard all these brushes, you know, breaking and everything. And I was like, okay, well, thank God that bear is going to the other side. And then it stopped. I'm like, okay, that's good. Probably the bear is dead somewhere in there. And I just like stood in there, caught my breath for a minute, and I was like, what just happened here? Right, you know, I right. mean, it just happened in an instant. It was just instant. So I just took a little breath and I grabbed the radio and I called Quentin. You know, I said, hey, Quentin, this is just what happened. Quentin is, oh, okay, okay. And then I remember he asked him, he's like, well, what was it? I said, was that, a, was that a boar? What was it? I said, Quentin, this was self-defense. <laughs> <laughs> All I know was a big bear, and when he's standing in front of you at nine yards, you just shoot. Wow, and standing up, and that he's like, had to be just like... It was, it was like adrenaline, yeah. I would tell you that, adrenaline. So I just took a little breath, you know. Quentin said, I'll be there in about 20 minutes or so, and, <laughs> and of course, I'm not going to go look for a, for a bear, sure. you know, just by myself. And then the place was so thick. Yeah, it is. So... And it's interesting because when I just set up there, um, as you know, I like calling bears. You mm -hmm. know, uh, in Colorado, you can only use uh, mouth calls. So I had my mouth call. This, this year, I brought a fun bleat call, which my friend from Mojo told me that would be more effective to call bears because the year before, I was able to call it with a jackrabbit call. And I remember when I sat in that spot, I said, this is not a good spot to call because I have so much thick stuff behind me. Because they come, man. They're they on you. They can come right behind me or in this country, there are mountain lions. So I'm mm -hmm. like, I'm not going to call here because I don't want this to happen. Well, right. guess what? Still happened, you know, even without calling. So, but I was happy because it's like, well, after six days of putting an average of, you know, anywhere between seven to eight hours a day in, in ground blinds in different spots, I was happy that I finally got a bear. But now it's like, well, let's see now where the bear is and what sure. happened, right? So when, Qu when Quentin came, we started looking around the area and uh, we didn't really find a bear. Um, you know, 30, 40 yard circles around. Finally, we found, you know, big scat in there and blood. So we're like, okay, well, we know his hit. And I'm like, yeah, I know I hit him for sure. Mm -hmm. So that's when some work started. And Quentin did a very, very good job. Uh, he's a very good tracker. So we actually tracked that bear for two hours in the thick stuff. Wow. 
And that was also another adrenaline rush because, I mean, some places we almost have to, like, crawl in there to follow the, the, the blood trail. Sometimes we lose the blood trail and, and Quentin will find, like, a tiny drop or he'll show me where there were some branches broken. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have a pistol. We just had my rifle. So I'm like, well, <laughs> we're tracking here a wounded bear in the thick stuff. This is going to get interesting. So that was another, you know, uh, part of the hunt that was exciting. <laughs> But eventually, we know we found the bear. We probably found him about, we figure, at least a quarter of a mile, maybe a third of a mile. Um, and he was just walking, you know, along, along the, the thick stuff. And we found a couple of places where he bedded or she right. bedded. And uh, we thought at some point, well, maybe we're pushing the bear. But no, eventually, when we found her, she, she was laying there. And uh, we put a shot just to, to finish the bear. And sure. uh, that was the end of it. But mm-hmm. it was definitely an exciting exciting hunt and it was a really nice yeah. nice bear yeah you know, no good size bear yeah. and everything so wow. it, it definitely was uh, worth the trip and what were you shooting your rifle and cartridge i um i shoot the seven uh millimeter remington magnum okay. that's what i always use and i'm a fan of barnes bullets as mm-hmm. you know so i was using uh, 160 grain bullets and it didn't it did a really good job because what turned out is that probably at the time that I shot, I think the bear turned a little to, to, to the right. right. So my shot actually ended up hitting the bear uh, right on the top of the shoulder. And we found that the bullet went through the shoulder and came out part of the, towards, towards the back. Okay. So that bear obviously was going to die sure. probably within another hour or something like that. I mean, the shoulder was completely destroyed. That bear made that walk with basically three legs. Wow. But, I mean, you know how bears are, oh, their man, arms. Yeah. <laughs> we found pieces of bone on the way. I mean, it was really destroyed. I mean, the bullet really did what it was supposed to do. So that was a good right. thing. You need to have some good ammo when you go bear hunting. Yeah, yeah. You going to carry a pistol from now on? <laughs> I should, huh? I, I should. Know, yeah. Or I'm going to ask Quentin to have one. <laughs> I carry a Glock 10 millimeter, man, in my bino harness. Oh, there yeah, you go. I just carry a pistol right there in that way. Yeah, if you have to track a bear in that thick stuff close, or yeah. something comes behind you. Sure. Yes, because, wow. I mean, it was it was really very thick in there. And, uh, you know, but if you have your scope in three power, it kind of helps. But oh, a pistol will be better, obviously. Yeah. And in nine yards, I mean, good night. You know, so, but being time. by yourself, you know, it's like, well, you do what you have to do, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> so the hunt ended in a great note. Yeah. A, a great bear. And, you know, looking forward to have that bear at home, you yeah. know, in about a year when it comes back from the taxidermist. Absolutely. And Jill, just can't wait for that either. Yeah. That's right. One more. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jill, pull your microphone up there. Charlie, let's turn Jill's microphone on here. And now, when Sergio called and was telling you the story a little bit, uh, what were your initial thoughts? Oh, thank goodness you're still alive. <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy. I that mean, was just crazy. I mean, he called and he was breathing heavy. You could just tell. The adrenaline and excitement, he was just, yeah, he was pretty stoked. Yeah. So I, I was bet. happy for him. Yeah. After all those days of, I know, it you is. know, just sitting there and waiting and waiting and boom, it happened. Because it is work. I mean, you know, people that probably do not, don't understand, but man, you, you get up early, you go to bed late, you sleep about five hours, maybe six at the most, and you're back at it again. It's, you're tired. <laughs> And that's what that's one of the things that is great about this sport. I mean, you you can put so much time into something, mm-hmm. and then in a question of five minutes, or oh yeah, it's yeah. over. You yeah. know, and before exactly. you know it, it's just persistence and time. If you're in a good place, eventually mm-hmm. pays off. I believe. Yeah, absolutely. 
So let's talk about this a little bit. Uh, you know, a lot of um, rifle season will be getting going here pretty quick, and uh, we're talking about all our gear and different things that we use. And also, I thought we'd take a minute, and even from your side of traveling, you know, when you go to other countries and hunt and all that, of just making sure you have all the gear that you need. So what's your process in um, packing, you know, whether you're hunting here in Colorado or Wyoming or you're you're going to another country what's your process to make sure you've got all the things that you know you need well it is a process for me and I mean Jill always makes fun of me I mean I'm talking about hours when I put them all together I start packing probably about a week before you know little by little and I would say when I figured out how many hours I put for every trip yeah probably you know three to four or five hours it's crazy but what I do is like a lot of times, um, you know, I go to the same haunts every year. Mm -hmm. So what I started to do to minimize my, my pain of packing, because I do not like to pack, um, is I start now making lists, you know, for my bear hunt for Meeker, for example. Sure. So last year when I went to that hunt, everything was putting in the bag. I was just making a list in my phone, in my notes, and everything I need. And then once I'm in the hunting trip, like always, you always, oh my God, I should have bring this, I should have brought this or whatever. So I added to my notes. So then the next year that I go to the same spot or a similar hunt, mm -hmm. now I have a reference, you know, a cheat sheet, I guess, or whatever. And I just go through my list and that's really helped me quite a bit and saved me time. So now I just go through the list and I just mark in my list, you know, everything I've been putting in my bag. And that's how I've been doing. Now I have a list for, you know, whatever, Argentina duck hunting, uh, bear hunting, uh, deer hunting. So that really has helped me just to, right. to uh, make those lists in my, in my phone for each different hunt that I go. And mm -hmm. as you said, every year you end up maybe adding something or something that now you've taken once or twice and you don't need. So you kind of like take it off the list. So that's what I recommend, just to make lists. Most of all, go, go to the same annual hunt every year, pheasant hunting or whatever. Right. So that's something that has, uh, has helped me. But it is a process. Mm -hmm. And of course, it's different. I mean, here, um, I just drive to Meeker so sure. I can I, then then you tend to take more stuff than you need right it's right. just like normal right but <laughs> then when you're flying somewhere you have to cut that list a little bit mm -hmm. and take more of the basics so that's a different uh, complete different animal I would say yeah to do that but uh, that would be my best recommendation just to, mm -hmm. to to make lists of your specific hunts that you go every year and just use them as reference and just add or delete you know things as right. you go so do you keep some of the tubs or bins like muzzle loading or different things like that where you just know because i'm i'm always like god where did i put that you know and then i go buy one because i can't find it and then i come back like two weeks later and found the one that i had you know so how do you keep things kind of organized i i kind of do that like for example for turkey hunting i have a couple of bags where i have all my calls and the specific things for turkey uh clothing and things like that not really because a lot of that overlaps sure. yep. right but uh Yes, I try to keep my predator hunting stuff, my duck hunting stuff, and then because I have probably too much gear, like most of us do, <laughs> uh, I, I do have, you know, two different things of each, so that kind of helps me. Um, sure. And i give you an example. Like just a couple of weeks ago, uh, September 1st, I went dove hunting. So there are certain things that I'm still going to take to my big game hunting, but mm -hmm. I have doubles. So then I already have now we're back ready for big game with what I need, like sunglasses and some of the things that I have, doubles or triples, gloves and sure. hats. So, yeah, it's always good to maybe have 
doubles of something <laughs> so you can look don't have to keep on packing from one trip and uh, adding it to the next one right right absolutely once again sergio alcazar is our guest alc global adventures is his company 303-921-3055 we're going to take a quick break when we come back we're going to tell you a little bit more about alc global adventures and all they have to offer you're listening to sportsman of colorado we'll be right back when it comes to customer service, D&D Tire takes it to the next level. Yes, you will receive great customer service from this family-owned company, but there is a difference when you add customer care. You see, at D&D Tire, they care about your safety and your car, and they understand mechanical problems, tire replacement, or flat tires never come at a convenient time. But at each of the D&D Tire locations, two in Aurora and one in Parker, you will find a courteous staff and technicians that have the knowledge and experience to take care of all of your automotive needs. Right now, buy four qualifying tires and rebates are up to $150 when using your Goodyear credit card, subject to credit approval and terms and conditions apply. D&D Tire Service, your one-stop shop for all of your automotive needs. Check them out at dndtireservice.com. Hi, this is Chris Kane with 303roofer.com. If you're looking to put on a new roof because of hail, give us a call at 303-390-1382. We'll give you a cash price, which means you'll most likely get to keep some of your insurance money instead of giving it to us. It's your money, we know that, and we'll price the work accordingly. So give us a call today, 303-390-1382, or go to our website, 303roofer.com. Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? Maybe some prescription sunglasses? Well, look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, yes, you heard me right, since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. Rush to Reason with John Rush, weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560. Welcome back to Sportsman of Colorado. If you're just joining us, my name is Scott Watley. We are glad you're with us. Hope you are having a great weekend, and good luck to all those out in the field today, whether maybe still finishing up some dove hunting or big game hunting, but hope everyone has great success. If you're just joining us, Sergio Alcazar is with us, ALC Global Adventures. Sergio's been with us a, a number of times over the years. His number is 303-921-3055. And uh, Sergio, let's talk about ALC Global Adventures again and uh, just all the different things you have to offer and um, let everybody know. And we'll, maybe if we have time, we can talk about how we check out outfitters a little bit because, man, I tell you, you know, I've already heard a couple of stories this year of some hunts that didn't go well when people <laughs> paid money and didn't do their due diligence to check out an outfitter. So, you know, you kind of take that side off of it for your clients, don't you? 
Yes, that's a, that's the main thing we do, just like you. Uh, when you recommend someone in the radio, you always check them out first. And that's one of the reasons we started that company, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's hunting is my passion, so I just did it as a, as a fun business to start. It's basically like a hunting consulting company, and we, we represent outfitters, and we match them with hunters. But we started because uh, we, we've been lucky to travel and hunt in many places in the world. And a lot of the, outfitter, the outfitters that I hunted with, uh, some of them, they were great, and some of them, they were awful. So... Right. Uh, the good ones, you know, um, they needed some representation, and they would ask me for help. It's like, hey, you know, you could you could you refer some clients to me, etc. So that's how we started the concept of ALC Global. So we represent, you know, only a handful of outfitters in different parts of the world, and uh, our main thing that we always tell clients is that that we just do the the homework ahead for you. Mm -hmm. We only represent outfitters that we have hunted with or someone like that we trust like you, Scott. Right. Like when you refer us to uh, QRS in Colorado, said, hey, this is a reliable place to go. Then, you know, mm -hmm. I will I would uh, add it to my um, hunting list. And I would also make it a point to, to hunt with them myself. Sure. I always like to do that. And sometimes we like to go with our clients as well. Mm -hmm. You know, like for example, uh, in February, I have a, a trip with some uh, clients from Texas and Louisiana that I always take every year down to uh, to Argentina, and I go with them myself. And I'm now I'm going to go with them to Mexico and things like that. So that's our main thing yeah. to do your homework because uh, these haunts, let's let's face it, they are not cheap anymore. It's not sure. it's not cheap to hire an outfitter, and some people really save you know for years to go mm -hmm. to these haunts. And the last thing you know you want is to just for them to you know lose their money and uh, just have a bad experience. Mm -hmm. So we we strive to send them to places where the outfitter is reliable. We can't guarantee a kill, of course, as you know. You can send them We're to sure, the best yeah. place. But uh, as Craig Boddington told us one day, you mm -hmm. know, I mean, the outfitter can't control the weather. But as long as you're in a good place and you see that they did the best they could to help you mm -hmm. get that game, that's what we look for. Well, Fred Eichler, I was talking with him um, a year or so ago at Cabela's, actually. And he was saying, you know, when you ask for references, I don't need to know people that kill something because they're automatically going to tell you. They were great, man. They were great. It was awesome. He goes, I want to talk to people that weren't successful. Because then, hey, how are the guides? Do you feel like the guide worked hard to put you in the best position? You know, and the food, the lodging, all the different other things that make up a good hunt. But uh, but he said, hey, you know, yeah, just let me talk to a couple people that, that weren't successful. And that's where you can really get good testimonials because they're going to go, you know, if they go, hey, I'm going back there, you know, because I know there's potential. The things, the stars just didn't align for us, you know, just like me this last week. It didn't, but other folks, it did. So, I mean, it's just hunting, you know, part of it. So what do you think are some real good couple of quick questions that you think people should ask, you know, an outfitter when they're talking to one? Well, first of all, I mean, I would I always ask about their accom their, their accommodations. Mm -hmm. I always like to know what the, the lodge looks like. Hopefully you can get some pictures, things like that, because – that's a very important part of your hunt. Sure. I mean, you're going to be there for anywhere between three to seven nights. Mm -hmm. And if they tell you up front, hey, you're going to be sharing a room with other hunters. There's going to be other groups in the same lodge as you. Or you're going to be sleeping in a tent. There's not going to be running water. We're no okay, if you already know in advance, that's great. But the least thing that you want is surprises. And that's yeah. what people don't like. Right. People don't like getting somewhere and having a surprise, you know. Mm -hmm. So you always want to talk about, you know, what kind of accommodations, you know, you can expect, the kind of food. And on ask him to, you know, if there's anything you need to bring, you know, I mean, if you need to bring towels, you need to bring uh, sheets or a sleeping bag, those kind of things, they need to be communicated um, in advance for people. Right. So I think that's an important thing to ask for sure. And then the other one is, uh, you know, the type of the hunt, how, how challenging the hunt will be, because uh, 
you could end up booking an elk hunt and it's going to require you to hike, you know, four or five hours a day on steep mountains and canyons. And, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, let's face it. I mean, some people are not physically, you know, capable right. of doing certain things. So you want to you want to match yourself with an outfitter that is going to take you to a hunt that that you can you, know, you can perform because you also have sure. to do your part as yeah. well. So that's <laughs> another another thing that I always tell people to to talk about that here. You know, how what do you expect on the hunt? And uh, you know, if you're if you're looking for a hunt that is going to be, you know, I, mean, I don't I don't like, for example, uh, riding horses too much. So ask about that. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, the last thing you want is like, oh yeah, we're going to be riding, you know, five <laughs> hours a day in a horse. You know, I mean, and if you don't like it, you know, that's right. a problem. So yeah. those kind of things, I think, they're very important in my opinion. And it's just good communication. And I mean, if something's not right, you know, when I say not right, when something is not what you thought, have if you have those conversations before you even go it's a lot better you know just to get it all out and see what's going on and if you want to stalk more than sitting in a blind tell them that you know and then if they tell you well we can do that but we're going to blow animals out well then still your hunt you know oh absolutely. so you got to communicate what you want and and i think that's that's the key i mean the outfitter you know they can tell you a lot of information but you also need to ask certain questions uh, uh we had an instance uh you know uh Actually, you know, a, few, a couple of weeks ago, you know, when we were in Colorado, one of the clients from the, the East Coast, you know, an archery hunter, he doesn't like, he cannot uh, draw his bow inside a ground blind. But he forgot to tell that to the outfitter. So the outfitter had a couple of really good setups for him in a ground blind. So last minute, he had to go and set up a tree stand and all that because, you know, he's very accommodative with the clients, but that's not what you want last minute. Sure. If you really don't, if you're not willing to, to hunt out of, uh, you know, ground blind, let them know. Mm -hmm. Just like me, I'm not a fan of tree stands, so I tell the outfitter in advance that I'd rather just hunt on the ground or stalk <laughs> or whatever. I just tell it. And then I like to hunt on the ground it. where bears are. That's right. Yeah. Just where they can eat me, right? Yeah. <laughs> So let's talk about some of the highlights of ALC Global Adventures uh, from waterfowl, predator hunting, you know, your deer hunts, turkey hunts, and those areas real quick. Yeah, of course, we have Colorado, and we have all the big game there with uh, Quintin, you know, the, the bear, the elk, the uh, antelope, mule deer. Um, we're going to start offering some hunts that um, in, in southern Texas, actually with Quintin mm -hmm. as well, for, for white-tailed deer and hawks and javelinas. Then uh, you introduce us to another great uh, outfit um, in just north of Dallas, about an hour and a half north of right. Dallas for uh, hawks. Right. Uh, great food and uh -huh. great place, and, and they have a lot of hawks, and they also offer uh, night hunting as well, right? Mm -hmm. Which is a, a lot of fun. So that's one that I highly recommend to people, and it's it's very affordable. Sure. You know, and, and it's you can drive from many places of the country there. And then, of course, we have, you know, in Africa, we have South Africa, Tanzania, you know, all the big game. And uh, one of my favorites is, is in uh, northern Mexico uh, for, for ducks and doves and wild quail. Uh, it's probably one of my favorite hunts. I mean, it's super high volume uh, for ducks and, mm -hmm. and, and doves. And it's a very easy uh, hunt to get to. You just fly to South Texas, and then they pick you up in Texas, and they just drive you into Mexico an hour and a half to three hours, depending on the lodge. And it's the service is amazing, and you're going to shoot in there, you know, a, a lot of birds. They have great guns. You only have to bring basically your personal clothing, and that's about it. So yeah. that's one of our favorites. And uh, in Argentina, we also do, uh, you know, basically all the big game and uh, waterfowl and, and dobs and all that. Argentina now has been closed for two seasons. Oh, no. So when it opens, 
imagine the number of birds they're going to have. I mean, if before you couldn't have enough. So I'm excited for next year now because the season pretty much wind down in Argentina and mm -hmm. they never open it for COVID. So right. that's one that I'm looking forward next year, I'm hoping. Absolutely. And you need to go down there too. I know, yeah. man, for sure. Well, man, I appreciate you guys coming in today and uh, spending the day with us. And, uh, man, congrats on your bear. And uh, glad we're not congratulating the bear for, for his kill. That's right. <laughs> for success. It's a so, good memory now. Absolutely. Once again, Sergio Alcazar, ALC Global Adventures. Give him a call. Let him know you heard him here on Sportsman Colorado. And I assure you uh, he will take great care of you in whatever destination you are looking for a hunt. His number, 303-921-3055. Thanks for joining us today. Hope you have a great rest of your weekend, and we will talk to you next Saturday. expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country Station.